Coming up, how could meditation lower the crime rate in Washington, D.C.? But first, welcome to Imagine Peace, the podcast that invites you on a transformative journey toward a world filled with harmony and understanding. Together, let's ignite the flame of peace within ourselves and radiate it outward so we can have a future where unity prevails. This is Imagine Peace, where dreams become reality. Join us as we explore the power of compassion, the beauty of diversity, and the potential for positive change. Hi, I'm Marbeth Dunn, and I'm with my beautiful cohort, Terry Angel. <clears throat> and this evening, we have a wonderful, wonderful friend, Deborah Poneman, a very dear, amazing woman, is an award-winning speaker, <clears throat> best-selling author, sought-after seminar leader, talk show host, and in-demand media guest. In early 1981, she founded Yes to Success Seminars, Inc., a company that's dedicated to teaching enlightened, timeless principles of success and prosperity, coupled with new solutions in contemporary language. <clears throat> she sits on the boards of several nonprofits, including Aid Still Required, the Communiversity of South Africa, and the Shot in the Dark Foundation. She's also a certified meditation teacher and has taught meditation to thousands of individuals and in companies throughout the world. Deborah, we are so thrilled to have you here with us. I am so thrilled to be, both of your names should be Angel. <laughs> oh, you're so sweet. Tell us about the work you're doing for World Peace. Well, okay. Well, I am going to start out by telling you, um, in 1971, when many of your listeners were probably just a twinkle in their mom's eye, I went to teacher training and I became a teacher of transcendental meditation. Now, I'm not exactly sure how many of us there were at teacher training in Mallorca, uh, Spain, and then later in Fujifonte, Italy, but easily a thousand. And we all meditated for like eight, 10, 12 hours a day. And I was there for five months. And then I came back a few years later, again, it was about a group of a group of about 250 women for another six months, we meditated eight, 10, 12 hours a day. Now, it might have appeared to be a selfish thing to take that much time developing my own consciousness. But then the research came out that what was they called the Maurici effect. And it was scientifically proven that when groups of people gathered together in one place, that the peaceful effect radiated out to the whole world. And then subsequent research showed that when we gathered and meditated together, this was in 1988. We gathered and meditated together in Washington, D.C., and the crime rate went down, and hospital emissions went down, and the stock market inexplicably rose. And that research has been duplicated over and over, not only with TM, but with other forms of meditation, like your groups, that your group that you did before, and now we're doing it again. And, and you don't even have to be in the same physical locality we were, but even like in your work, people were all over the world. We just meditated together at the same time. And you know uh, Lynn McTaggart's work called The Intention Experiment, then when individuals around the world gathered at the same time and intended for a shift to happen, miracles occurred. And 
the intention experiment showed that collective thoughts could make seeds grow faster, it could purify water, it could um, heal people with incurable diseases. But I think the most impressive group intentions from the intention experiment were when participants lowered violence and war-torn areas of the Middle East. And again, that's why I love what you're doing, because I think that what we're going to do this time is intention for world leaders. So it is going to rock seven minutes a day. It's all it takes. Awesome. Why do you think peace is possible? Well, because I believe that there's more good in the world than evil. And it reminds me of the story of the great rabbi and um, Kabbalist. His name was Rabbi Ashlag. And I remember reading this somewhere when I was a student of Kabbalah. And he gave this simple analogy and to show how each of us has the power to change the world. And Rabbi Ashlag placed, he asked one of his students to go get one of those scales of justice, you know, with the bowls on either side. And he asked the student to place it on a table. And then he told the students to place equal amounts of sesame seeds on one bowl and the other bowl. And then Rabbi Ashlag said, he explained to his students, and this was hundreds of years ago, that we were maybe about 100 years ago, that we are at a very precarious time in the history of the world where there's a great battle going on between good and evil. And then he asked his students, if the seeds on one side of the scale represent the pain and the darkness and the suffering and the unhappiness and the lack of humanity and an age of of destruction, and the seeds on the other side of the scale represent the light and the joy and the happiness and the kindness and the love and an age of heaven on earth. And then he said, and every time you did an act that hurt another human being, hurt someone, called someone a name, spewed anger, bullied, lied, took credit for someone else's idea, it put a seed on the side of the age of darkness and every time you did an act of kindness, love, gratitude, um, lift somebody up, it put a sesame seed on the side of heaven on earth. He said, if there were absolutely equal amounts on each side, how many acts would it take to tip the scale of our planet one way or the other? What's the answer? It's one. 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 And, you know, too often we believe who we are isn't important. You know, our gestures of kindness and love won't make a difference or won't mean a thing in the grand scale of things. But according to the Kabbalists, just one action can mean the difference between an age of destruction and a world filled with light. One seed. And how do we know that the one act of kindness that you did wasn't the tipping point that brought about the dawning of an age of enlightenment. So, right? And look what you guys are doing every day, bringing hundreds of thousands, hopefully millions of people together. So I say never feel helpless again because the fate of the world is really 
in each of our hands were really powerful. Wow. So <clears throat> beautiful. Oh my gosh. I'm I'm just enthralled at everything that you're saying here. <laughs> so, you know, we're focusing on peace, Deborah. And would you share with us what your favorite peace practice is? Yeah, well, all of the above. I do meditation. I've been meditating regularly, at least for an hour a day since the aforementioned 19, well, actually 1970. I've been a meditation teacher for uh, 50, what, 51 years. I became a meditation teacher in May of 1972. And um, I started meditating in 1970. So of course, I meditate every day. But more than that, my favorite peace practice is that I choose peace at every moment. I stop, I breathe, I choose to build up rather than to tear down. If I have a moment that anger is about to erupt, I breathe and I choose to look for what's right rather than what's wrong. I choose to trust. I choose to give people the benefit of the doubt. So I believe that meditation is the foundation for a life where your very being radiates peace. But like when you build a building, the deeper and stronger the foundation, the taller and more glorious the structure will be. So I believe meditation is the foundation for a life of peace. But I also believe as you build the structure of your life, you have a choice at every moment. What side of the scale do you want to put the sesame seed on? I love that. I love that. And you really radiate peace. You are a teacher of peace. You are <clears throat> totally congruent with this is who I am. I choose peace. And I love that about you. How can people reach you? Well, there are two ways, okay? First, I'll tell you to reach me as an individual and in the work that I do. Uh, my website is yes to success, Y E S T O, not the number two, yes to success.com. And that's where I teach my, my success courses, but it's true success, it's inner success. And then we build our outer success. Uh, and of course, you know, I also teach a course called Ageless Anti Aging for your brain, your body, and your future. But the place where you can find me that I'm really excited about right now is a website that is worldculturefestival.org. Remember, Marbeth, we talked about this the other day, and there's going to be this unbelievable event on, and it's real, It's right after the um, um, 10 million for world peace, just as it ends, this begins. So it just gave me chills when you told me the dates, because this is September 29th and 30th and October 1st, and it's going to be held at the National Mall in Washington, D.C., and over 250,000 tickets, it's a live event, are already confirmed. Millions more will be watching on national TV. And it's a place where 17,000 artists and singers and dancers will be performing their native dances. They're going to be uh, uh, performers from Poland and Mongolia and Brazil and the Netherlands. And there's going to be a thousand person gospel choir from Washington, wow. D.C. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we're just going to connect millions of people who long for more unity and less division. 
Uh, the head of the reception committee is the secretary general of the UN, Ban Ki-moon, and other confirmed speakers are the former prime minister of Norway and the current prime minister of Suriname, Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, um, the president of Fiji. I'm one of the MCs, but oh, that's it, perfect. It, yes, yeah. it's very exciting. But the re it's like all of these people are realizing we can't have a culture of, you know, creating war and the war machine and more money for war. We have to do like what you guys are doing. We have to imagine peace. We have to get people together. And when all of these people said yes to being part of this world culture festival and a lot of Democrat and a lot of Republican congressmen are going to be speaking at the event. And, and yeah. right, yeah, so it really is to create a joyful celebration of unity of cult, all cultures and faiths and countries. So I just, I'm so excited. And the tickets, by the way, are free. So you can go to World Culture Festival. It's not cultures, worldculturefestival.org. Get your free ticket, especially if you live in the um, Washington, D.C. area. Just mosey over and lots of international food. And really, it's just to bring us all together. So many people are doing such good work. And I think it's like one event after the other, after the other, after the other. So wow. it's fabulous. It's really all that is the collaboration. collaboration. <laughs> It's what it's all about. And your work, Terry, is amazing. And I just met you recently, but I know Marbeth is another one of those people who you, what you said about me, you're so, you're just walking love, your love embodiment, your peace in a body. And you are, um, you are one of those people you walk in the room and you have to smile when you see Marbeth. And now I will smile when I see Terry Angel, Mama Peace. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you so much, Deborah. Wow. This has been so much fun. Yeah. Well, thank you. And thank you again for what you're doing. It is magical. An honor to have you with us.